Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so today we're going to talk about the joy of heaven. Webster's Dictionary is always a great place to start any message. It's so thrilling and engaging, the dictionary. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. So basically, joy is the result of having everything you want. You couldn't want more. You have it all, right? That's true joy, not happiness, right? We've got to distinguish joy from happiness. Happiness is that temporal feeling and emotion, right, that you feel like you eat a cookie. You feel happy, right? But then you maybe step on the scale, and there goes that happiness, right? So it's, it's, happiness is fickle. Joy is enduring. It's you couldn't have anything more. There's nothing wrong at all. So in case you're curious, joy is not really like an earth thing, like, it's really hard to find joy on earth because there's always a reason to have our happiness, that joy, squashed. There's always something to temper it, to balance it. There's always some pain or some need or something. We don't ever have everything right. I don't know. Does anybody have everything going 100% right in your life right now? Nothing could be better. Anybody? Because seriously, if you are, just write the book. You're going to make a lot more money. Like, go for it. I'll read it. Okay. Wouldn't you want to be joyful all the time? Like, would it be desirable to have a life where everything was absolutely perfectly how it should be? Would that be desirable to anybody else? Yeah, maybe. No, you're liars. Okay. So here's the deal. Heaven is going to be perfectly joyful. Like, 100% perfectly. Like, you will have no needs, no lack. And there's really two key reasons that heaven is going to be joyful. And we're going to explore those. The first one is this, because you're going to be there. <laughs> like, like, you get there. There are moments in life where you just have to stop and pause and celebrate that you made it. Right? Like, hey, oh, okay. Right? Like, what was the biggest accomplishment, biggest and most successful accomplishment of your life? Like, think about it. What was the biggest accomplishment of your life? Was it a graduation? Was it a degree? Was it a marriage? Was it having a child? Was it buying a car, buying a house? I don't know. Was it some, some career goal? Was it running a marathon? Running a 50 miler? Running a 100 miler? You know, I don't know. What, what's the greatest single most? Like, when you finished, wasn't there this sense of accomplishment and this moment where you just pause and like, oh, I did it. I did it. Like, did you ever have that sense of, man, we, we actually did this thing. This is crazy. Um, there's something about finishing and crossing that finish line of life. Think about this. You've run your race in life. The pain is over. The struggle's over. The battles are done. It's finished, and you have arrived on the shores of paradise. So imagine this, right? You get to heaven, and you finish life's race. This, that's probably the single greatest accomplishment we will ever have, is that we walk through life and we made it. We get to heaven. You open your eyes and there's heaven. There's paradise, right? Streets of gold, all that stuff, whatever. That first moment is just going to be a... I made it. I made it. Like, listen, it doesn't matter what else happens. I'm here, right? Like, I made it. 
I got here. There's a sense of joy that's going to come because you made it. Anybody agree with that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the water just so soothing and everybody's like, oh, oh so calming. It's okay. Um, it's going to be amazing. But the thing is, that's only the beginning. That's only the beginning because the real reason for joy is what comes next. And it's this. Here's what you're going to do. So what you're going to do is you're going to step onto heaven and you're going to go, oh, I'm here. And the very next thing that every single, I know exactly what everybody else is going to do. Here's what we're all going to do right after we breathe that sigh of relief that we made it. We're going to do this. And we're going to start to look. And we're looking, but we're not looking for something. We're going to be looking for someone. For you, maybe it's going to be looking for several people. But you're going to be looking for somebody when you get to heaven. Like, I made it. You're going to start to look around and see. And you're going to search. And it won't be casual looking. It's going to be the most intense looking of your life. Some of you already know exactly who you're going to be looking for. I don't have to say it. You know. You know right now who you're going to be looking for the moment you step into eternity. See, the second reason we will know unrestrained joy in heaven is that we are not going to be alone. Oh, you want joy. One, I made it. Two, I'm not alone. And you're going to look. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have already died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns... God will bring him back with the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from the graves. Then, keyword, together, together. With them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. Let me tell you, this perspective on heaven, the fact that you will not be alone, it changes how we see death. It changes things. Death is no longer the end, it's just a chapter. And the page turns. God promises us that one day there is going to be a reunion unlike any other in heaven, and it's going to be incredible. Some of you, this is going to seem old. Some of you, this is going to seem young. So it is what it is. This year is my 20-year high school reunion. 20 years. They're arranging it right now. I'm getting Facebook messages from people I haven't talked to in 20 years telling me that in a few weeks we're supposed to be getting together at McGuinn's Bar and Pub on Route 1, Lawrence, New Jersey. It's going to be awesome. Man, I'm telling you, I know it's going to be full of stimulating conversation, meaningful connections. To say I'm ambivalent may be an understatement. To say that I'm going, I cannot promise. 
That was not a great time in my life, high school. High school was one of those things that the moment it ended, I went, I made it. I made it. It's over. I have not stepped foot, I have not stepped foot, I don't think, in that high school. Maybe, maybe once since the day I left. It was because they paid me to, because I was subbing. I don't want to relive that at all. It's not a commentary on the people in my high school, please. There are lots of fine people, but there's just not people that I had significant relationships with. So that's not a reunion for me. Like, I don't want to get together with people who were strangers then and are still strangers to me now. People that I want to be in relationship with, I am. But heaven, now heaven's a reunion I can get behind. Somebody once said this, as a boy I thought of heaven as a city with domes and spires and beautiful streets inhabited by angels. You know, you see this angels just floating through the air, gold streets. Said, but by and by my little brother died. And I thought of heaven much as before, but with one inhabitant that I knew. Then another one died. And some of my acquaintances. And so in time I began to think of heaven as containing several people that I knew. But it was not until one of my own children died that I began to think I had treasure in heaven. Afterward, another went, and yet another. And by that time I had so many acquaintances and children in heaven that I no more thought of it as a city merely with streets of gold, but as a place full of people. Now there are so many loved ones there, sometimes I think I know more people in heaven than I do on earth. See, when I walk into heaven, I'm going to be looking for pop up. And for my Grandma Anna, for Grandma and Grandpa Paprosky, and for Uncle Ralph and Aunt Kathy, for Dylan, for Jeff, for Terry, for Hunter, for countless others who have already been promoted to their eternal reward. See, heaven is going to be so full of joy because of the glorious reunion that we are going to have there. So let me ask you a question. Who can't you wait to see again? You want joy. One, you made it, but two, oh boy. Do you feel that pull? That sense of, oh man, that's, I look forward to that day. See, so that, that pull, that, that attraction, that's called the hope of heaven. See, we're homesick for heaven. And the longer you walk on this earth, the more heaven gets populated with people that you can't wait to see again. See, heaven only grows in its attraction for us. It only grows. Some people, probably those who have had the most pain in this life, are the most eager for the next. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What you hope for that's just a ways off, it makes you sick, says Proverbs. But desire realized. When, when, that, when face to face we shall see. Oh, they said that is sweet to the soul. Another translation says that's a tree of life. When you finally, oh man, joy. Joy. Heaven will be the most joyful day, the reunion of all reunions. Thank you for that. So what? 
We're still stuck on this side of eternity. What good does that do us for the here and now? See, all throughout this series, we've been talking about the fact that there are moments where heaven actually invades earth. It leaks, it pours out, and there are moments where the light of heaven bursts through in just a a laser beam, just small moments where we taste heaven, just a whiff, a smell, a scent of it. And it's like, you know, oh, what was that? That was intoxicating. It was powerful. And you go, yes, that's a taste of what's to come in fullness. We couldn't handle the full joy of heaven right now. Our bodies would just explode. Seriously, it'd be terrible. It'd be disgusting. But there are moments where God gives us just enough to just go, oh, and it captures our heart. And God has actually given us the ability to not only experience heaven on earth, but to bring heaven to earth. We have the ability to create opportunities for people to experience just a taste of heaven. And one of those things is joy. Since heaven will be so joyful, we have the opportunity to actually bring joy to people. And when we bring joy to people, we actually bring heaven to them. We don't have it fully, but there are moments, moments, we can give them just a heavenly appetizer, a snapshot. We need to be people who constantly cause joy in others. Because when we do, that joy will capture their hearts. So, my challenge to you today is this. Cause joy. Make it your mission to make earth more joyful. So, practically, how can we do that? Listen, this message I cut down because we could sit here all day talking about ways to cause joy. Bring me a cannoli, you will give me a taste of heaven. Joy will flood my being, I'm telling you. But there are just a few things I want to share. The first is this. If presence is what will cause joy in heaven then be present with people now. Two words, really, really complicated words. Here's your instructions. Ready? Show up. Show up. There is no substitute for you. When you are present, you cause joy for people. If you're not sure about this, let me ask you, have you ever seen a video of a soldier coming home? And what their children do when they see them. Tell me what impact does presence have? Because they've always been in existence. But there's something about presence that floods people with joy. Even the dogs are happy when the soldiers come back. You know what I'm talking about? Presence. The greatest testament Sometimes to the power of presence is the weight of absence. We feel that absence. Presence itself causes joy. It's a priceless gift that is so fleeting now. Listen, one of the things, one of the reasons we gather as a church, you could listen online. You know we record these. The message is, but it's not just about the message. There's something 
that's heavenly about being present with each other. God tells us, do not neglect this. There's presence. There's something about being there. We, Thanksgiving. There's something about gathering. You could eat in your own houses. You could eat turkey. You could make mashed potatoes and stuffing and have apple pie and cranberry sauce and cauliflower for those that like that. I don't know. But there's something about getting together. There's a gift of presence. There's a singer by the name of Sarah Groves. She's amazing. If you haven't heard of her, go listen to her stuff. She's like a singer, songwriter, piano player. She's really good. She's not as good as Nikki, but she's good. She wrote this song called Just One More Thing. I'm going to read the lyrics of this. Just listen to this. It says, there's always just one more thing. There's always another task. There's always, I just have one more small favor to ask. And everything is urgent. And everything is now. I wonder what would really happen if I stopped somehow. Oh, here, here are the words. Ready? I'll be there in a minute. Just a few places to go. And you wake up a few years later and your kids are grown. And everything is important. And everything is not. And at the end of your life, your relationships are all you've got. And love to me is when you put down that one more thing and say, I've got something better to do. And love to me is when you walk out on that one more thing and say, nothing will come between me and you. Not even one more thing. There will never be an end to the request upon your time. It's your place to stand up and tell the world you've got to rest a while. And everything is important. And everything is not. And at the end of your life, your relationships are all you've got. You cause joy simply by being present. Your presence matters more than you believe. And I want to speak, I just, this is, listen, this is probably the stupidest, simplest message I've ever preached. There's nothing deep or complicated about this. But I just feel like I need to say this because I don't think we believe it. We all think our presence is less important than it is. I think every single person in this room underestimates the importance of your presence. We say it, but we don't live it. I know it's important that I'm home, but. I know it's important to spend time, but. You can't overestimate your worth. Especially the worth of your presence. God put you here for a reason. And I could spend all day talking about the kind of presence you are. It's not just showing up like, hey, I'm here. Happy now. I'm here. It's my platform. I get to say what I want. This is not present. Come on. I know. Like a... Like a little politician. You like that? I was good. I was good. Presence. I just want to highlight a few things about presence. And then I'm done. We can do a baptism. Proverbs 15.30. A cheerful looks, look brings joy to the heart. A cheerful look. Be a smiling presence. 
Be like Pastor Kevin. Smiling's his favorite. This was yesterday. That's his dad. You know where he gets his smile from. It's, it's Movember, so that's where he's growing the thing. So don't. But look at the smile. Mother Teresa said this, we'll never know all the good that a simple smile can do. There's enough serious faces in the world. Guilty. Those who know me best know this is really true. We all need to smile a little more. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Could you smile a little more? Seriously, we would See? I had to do it. And already. It's stupid. It's so simple. But we don't do it. When you're at the cash register, debit, credit, you got a chip. You pull it back out. Right? Nothing. Dude, I'm buying sneakers. I should be smiling. You're buying something. You got money to buy food. You should be smiling. You're getting gas. Smile at the attendant. I dare you. People think we're the creepiest people in town. At church, they're always grinning. Remember, I walked into the senior center with Pastor Kevin. There's an older lady sitting in a wheelchair, getting ready to be picked up. She was grumpy. We were we were kindred spirits. She looked at me, and I was with Kevin. He remembers this. She looks at him and she goes, I don't like him. I looked at her and she goes, he smiles too much. It's exactly right. Let me tell you, be a smiling presence. Cheerful. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. You know what goes well with a smile? Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I shall trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Be a helping presence. You want to smile at somebody? Guess what? Help somebody. Just going to help somebody. A helping hand. Seriously, hold a door. Help somebody with a, with, with a report. At work, at school. Just help. Just be aware. Be mindful. People could always use help. You know what it's like when somebody helps you? You're like, oh man. It's just a little burst of heaven. It just breaks through. It causes joy. And they burst out in songs of thanksgiving. So listen, next time you open up a door, or somebody opens up a door for you, just like start bursting out in song. Thank you for holding the door. Right? Something like that. Yeah. Burst out in song. No, don't do that. Finally, this, Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Can I tell you this? Be a forgiving presence. You want to fill somebody with unrestrained joy? Forgive them from the debt that they owe you. When you're forgiven, joy. Joy. There is nothing like the joy of forgiveness. Because you know you owe. When they forgive you, man. I could go on and on, but I don't. I won't because I want you to feel joyful. (laughs) I'm going to stop now. But when we cause joy, we bring heaven to earth. 
And the more joy you create for others, the more joy shows up in your own life. See, if you don't have joy, maybe instead of chasing it, you should start creating it and causing it for others. Joy is the byproduct of itself. When you cause it for others, it overflows onto you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.